Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, hello. The boss is coming on in a little while, John Katsimatidis, who owns this radio station, and he has written an amazing book. Um, how you can be a billionaire as well. What's the name of the book since you let me know there? Let me know the name of the Go ahead. It's called How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. Oh, man. Well, I want to go. I want to be next to my name as well, billionaire. Wow. How did he do it? Uh, I love it. I love it. All right. So John's going to be here. John Katzimachides. And guess who he's talking to a little bit later this afternoon? Andrew Cuomo, our former governor. Uh, I know he gets your Irish up sometimes, but he's got a lot of insight into a lot of issues. And you can call. You can give him a hard time about COVID and a lot of other things. And uh, I don't know if I should be around Governor Cuomo because I'm going to give him a key- piece of my mind about the $5 million he took for that book while he was still in office. And, yes, turning around the mercy ship. And he totally screwed up COVID, in my opinion. Um, now, the only the one thing, and you guys know this, all right? I do. I do. He's no predator. And that, oh gosh, awful thing they did to him. Awful, awful, awful. Get him on the other stuff. Not on that. Not on that. Um, uh, e. Jean Carroll is uh, engaging Trump again. What? She wants to sue? Give it up already. Give it up. Yeah, you haven't I, you think that she just might be a troublemaker? You can call somebody a rapist and they can't defend themselves? Are you crazy? She is crazy. Totally crazy. And what else? Hey, Donald Trump endorsed my TV show. Uh, just a couple of hours ago, he went off on, on, uh, Fox News. Who's on at 10 o'clock over there? Laura Ingram. I don't know what she did, but apparently, look, the donors, a lot of those donors are still pretty high on DeSantis. They like him. They want him. They just think he's, uh, he's the future of the party. I don't believe it. I don't think so. All right. So this is what he said. Donald Trump, Laura Ingram on Fox News just did a hit piece on me. There go her ratings. Showing her some polls which indicate that Ron DeSanctimonious may do better against Biden than I would. When actually polls show that I do much better against Biden than Rob. The poll you're looking at now, which has me doing far better against Crooked Joe. And there's a poll down there. He is way up. Was just put out by Fox. I am sure unhappily. (laughs) I'm also leading DeSanctis by over 40 points. In primary voting, watch Greg Kelly on Newsmax at 10 p.m. That's how he finishes up the Trump Trump uh, Truth Social. I love it. I totally agree. And uh, many thanks. Many thanks indeed. Uh, some of this uh, support and, oh, by the way, the amazing content that I'm putting out very consistently. If you watch the show, hey, by the way, this computer doesn't work. Um, uh, beating CNN. Beating CNN. Greg Kelly is beating CNN at 10 o'clock, and that will continue, I do believe. Now, remember, they've got a huge advantage. Uh, uh, even though their shows stink and their hosts stink, especially Chris Wallace. Nobody wants to hear from Chris Wallace. Nobody trusts Chris Wallace anymore. We all saw him throw that debate. But there are about 
millions of homes where you turn on the TV and automatically it's right there on CNN. You go to the airport, it's CNN. CNN seems to be everywhere. It's amazing that everybody's been beating, I mean, Anderson Cooper for a long time, but Anderson Cooper is kind of everywhere, right? They give him this show. He's on that. He's here. He's everywhere. He's like in the air all the time. Anderson Cooper all the time. Um, why is that? Oh, by the way, are people still fascinated by Gloria Vanderbilt? Is that why? I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I just, uh, strange. Wouldn't you agree? Um, what else? I was right about, um, Rick Scott. Rick Scott declared yesterday, uh, a big whoop, big whoop, Chris. Uh, big whoop, Tim. Uh, he announced it. I think he was just over the top. This is the over the top moment. Ready? Cut 17. I have lived that the closest thing to magic in America is a good education. But today, the far left has us retreating away from excellence in schools. Extreme liberals are letting big labor bosses trap millions of kids in failing schools. They're replacing education with indoctrination. They spent COVID locking kids out of the classroom, and now they're locking kids out of their futures. And in Biden's America, crime is on the rise and law enforcement is in retreat. The far left is ending cash bails. They're demonizing, demoralizing, and defunding the police. I know this, actually. I I mean, I like it. He's not wrong. But what makes him more qualified than anyone else to reverse all this stuff? I think, quite frankly, he's less qualified than a lot of people. But, man, did he have energy yesterday. Let's try cut 25. Joe Biden and the radical left are attacking every single rung of the ladder that helped me climb. And that's why I'm announcing today that I'm running for president of the United States of America. Mm, I don't know. Kind of a lighten up Francis moment, huh? Easy does it. Here's one of the problems. You know, only Trump, only Trump gets to speak to rallies all the time. Most politicians don't get these big crowds. They don't get big crowds like that. Maybe on election night, there's a big crowd because all the donors show up and everybody's there. Um, but they're not used to this kind of in-person exposure. People right there, a big crowd. So he he overdid it, just totally over the top. And, I mean, I'm proud to be an American uh, for the time being, oh, by the way. I, I'm Pretty soon I'm going to be embarrassed. I'm going to be bloody embarrassed if this continues for much longer. But does this make a president? Does this a president make? Cut 26. I can't tell you how much I mean this in the depths of my heart. I'm so proud to be an American. I hope you are. Are you proud to be an American? I I can't hear you. I I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Uh, it, it's like he's revving up a, a, a monster truck rally or something like that. This is not. And I like raw talk. I like keep people keeping it real. But I don't think that was real. I think that's the consultant saying, uh, "You got to get, you got to go for it. You got to really connect today. Just do it. Just do it." Um, let's try another one. Cut twenty-seven. 
We live in the land of opportunity. We live in the land where it is absolutely possible for a kid raised in poverty, in a single-parent household, in a small apartment, to one day serve in the people's house, and maybe even the White House. You know, I did not grow up in a single-parent household. Um, I grew up, I guess, relatively comfortably in the suburbs of New York City, Baldwin and Garden City. My father was a police officer. When I was born, he was a police officer. He took civil service tests. I think my story is just as good as his, quite frankly. Everybody's got a story. Now, this is supposed to be a very special story. You know what? I've had it with stories. We can talk about your story over dinner or during a podcast or something like that. But to come out and say, everybody listen to my story, it means that I could be president. I don't think so. Tell me about your accomplishments. Tell me what you've actually done for other people. Tell me how many people you've employed. Has uh, Tim Scott ever actually uh, employed people? I guarantee you, John Katsimatidis, we're about to meet him in a little bit, has employed thousands upon thousands of people. He employs thousands upon thousands of people. He's a job creator. Is uh, Does Tim Scott qualify? I don't think so. Actually, looking at his career, he's a career politician. That's it. That's it. Um, oh, and this, and also it's all that story stuff is very Obama, Obama-esque. Listen to I me mean, now. So I'm, I'm a, what did he say he was? I'm a black kid with a funny name, you know, and only in America could that happen. Well, actually, no. I mean, yes, we know that about America. We don't need you to remind us in a weird way. Just what can you do? America, land of opportunity. We established that a long time ago. We want to keep it that way, of course. And it is in jeopardy. Let me see uh, the compassion part. Compassion. Wasn't this George W. Bush's line? Compassionate conservatism. Cut 28. We, we need a president that persuades. We have to do that with common sense. Conservative principles. But we have to have a compassion for people. We have to have a compassion for people who don't agree with us. We have to believe that our ideas are so strong and so powerful and so persuasive that we can actually take it to the highest points in the world. My compassion is wearing thin um, for those who want to corrupt our children, for those who want to um, pervert our children. And uh, puberty blockers and all that stuff. And all that's just culture war stuff. No, that's uh, that's very much. They want to make that mainstream. Um, people coming in here from all over the world, unvetted, unvetted, illegally, coming in here from all over the world, great, legally. It's a beautiful thing if you do it legally. The stuff you got to do to be a citizen and the stuff you have to promise to be a citizen but all these uh, folks coming in with diseases, it's so weird and being shuttled all around the country. Why? For Democrat votes, ultimately, for Democrat votes. You notice uh, Hochul and Adams, they have a pact. Let's use this issue to get on TV, but let's actually do nothing about it. Let's really do nothing about it. Let's talk about it. Let's make words. We'll go on TV and uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, it's my fault, right? Cut four. Cut four. There are two moments in life, as I say to uh, our friends in the media. There is a I gotcha moment, and there is I got you moment. 
And some of the things we are seeing. All right, I'm enough. <laughs> is really working against the people of the city. We received last week over 5,800 asylum seekers. While we are speaking with Washington and others to report that we are not having a crisis of this proportion, it's just counterproductive. It is hurting our fight. I don't get it. Is we it, are all in this city together. That's cute. It fix it. If you are this is what government is for, to fix things. This is our city. And we should be clear on this moment. On this, this moment? This challenge is of epic proportion. Oh, wow. And some word. of the reporting that is indicated we are not dealing with the crisis is hurting what we are attempting to accomplish. Wait, I don't get it. He's ta- he's saying that he's saying that the reporting is not reflecting that it's a crisis. Since when does the media do that? Everything's a crisis with the media, including this. And this genuinely is something of a crisis, although he doesn't know how to handle it. He doesn't know what to do. Now he's pre- now he's complaining that the media is not sensationalizing enough. All right. This is the thing with uh this is the thing that really gets my, uh, well, he's a great guy, Tim Scott. But Nikki Haley actually gave him this job. And Nikki Haley's running for president. And the loyalty, this is decorum. Let me see here. This is uh, Nikki Haley appointing Tim Scott to the Senate in, back in December of 2012. She had the authority because it was a vacant seat. And she gave him the job, cut 29. It is um, with great pleasure that I am announcing um, that I am appointing our next U.S. Senator to be Congressman Tim Scott. Why did she pick him anyway? Why him? Anyway, politics. He turns around and runs against her. She's running as well. And she said she wouldn't run against Trump. Here she is making that promise. Cod 30. He still has a lot of popularity. If he runs again in 2024, will you support him? Yes. If he decides that he's going to run, would that preclude any sort of run that you would possibly make yourself? I would not run if President Trump ran. <laughs> you're two-faced. You're just, uh, you're all terrible. Terrible. And you don't know how to do a damn thing. Almost every single one of you. Give me a moment, please. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, somehow, um, who you like to have sex with has now become the most dominant, most important feature about any individual in America. You know, forget your, forget your accomplishments, forget your ambitions, forget your character, forget, uh, what you want to do for other people, your family, forget your professional abilities. It's all about who you really want to get down with, huh? Um, baseball is about the least sexy thing you can think of, right? Does anybody ever think about sex while at the baseball game? Maybe when you're daydreaming. I mean, what I'm trying to say is baseball is terribly boring, and it has been for a long time. I liked it when I was a kid, uh, and then I grew up, and I have no interest in baseball anymore, uh, and less so than ever before. A couple of quick things. Number one, way too expensive to go there. Uh, they make way too much money. It's a turnoff. And it's too slow. 
And, you know, it, really when you think about it, no rhyme or reason. Right? I mean, the best team in baseball wins two out of three games. The worst team in baseball wins one out of three games. The best hitter uh, strikes out two-thirds of the time. I don't know. I, some people get all, Some people find that fascinating. I don't. And now there's another reason. Well, I don't. I guess I like it. It employs people, and some people like baseball. That's great. You hear what's going on with the Dodgers? Now, why can't it just be about baseball, huh? Dodgers. What? what why do they call it the Dodgers? Why do they call it the Dodgers? Because they used to get out of the way of the trolley cars, right? In Brooklyn, Dodgers. That's what it was all about. Now it's all about um, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. So out in Los Angeles, let me go here to the Times, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who faced enormous backlash over last week's choice to disinvite the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence from their annual LGBTQ plus Pride Night. They have an annual Pride Night, right? Remember, growing up, they had Bat Day. And then I remember Helmet Day. And what else did they have? Uh, Old Timers Day, right? Maybe a double header. Now they have LGBTQ plus Pride Night. This annual. And there was a big controversy because the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. <laughs> Perpetual Indulgence, huh? Nice ladies, yeah. Um, they reversed course and they invited them and issued a profuse apology. The team apologized to the group and extended a new invitation for it to attend the festivities, which are scheduled to be held on June 16th at Dodger Stadium. The sisters have accepted the invitation, and some of the groups that had vowed to boycott have agreed to return as well. you got to have those sisters of perpetual uh, indulgence hanging around. Now, who are they, by the way? It's a leading-edge order of queer and trans nuns who employ humor and religious imagery to call attention to sexual intolerance. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Again, it's everything. That's what, you know, that's what animals are about, right? It's all about no, that's we're better than that. We're bigger than that. And this is an abomination. It absolutely is. Get the uh, get the Dodgers on the phone, and then I want to talk to the uh, queer and trans nuns. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Los Angeles Dodgers, that's a multi-billion dollar organization, right? I mean, it's a household name famous, even if you don't like, uh, even if you don't like baseball. And they're in league now with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. They're not real nuns, obviously. Um, you know what happened? Uh, they got loaned or given a bunch of, um, habits. They were given the, um, you know, retired habits. That's what they call the garb that nuns wear. And, these guys just took them. And who was the founder? Power Hungry, B-I-T-C-H, Ken Bunch. Uh, let's see, who else? Sister Missionary, <laughs> Fred Brungard, Sister Missionary Position. All right, so these people are an abomination. That's what they are. They're not, this is not about religion. This is about uh, Sister His. Hysteric Erotica? Hysterotica. Hysterotica. I mean, all right, Reverend Mother. And they all go around uh, making spectacle out of themselves. There are several missionary positions. Uh, Sister Vicious, PHB, Reverend Mother, and all of them. 
and they will be welcomed at Rosary in Time of Nuclear Peril. Let's see here. The New Order, it's it's all gibberish and nonsense, and it's been embraced by the Los Angeles Dodgers. This is what we have. We have a, a breakdown of civil society. That's what we're living in right now, and um, we don't have to sign up for it, but it's kind of amazing that the baseball team is doing this and has been pressured into doing it. At, at one point, they said, you guys can't come to LGBTQ night because you're so perverse. By the way, it's perverse that they're having LGBTQ night. Just like it would be perverse if they said, uh, uh, we're having a night to honor straight white men. And you can dress as stereotypical straight white men. and Right? I mean, wouldn't that be kind of ludicrous? Of course it would be. And then to have these people playing these hideous roles, baseball. I remember being so into baseball when I was 11. And there may be some 11-year-olds at LGBTQ plus night. Childhood was weird and strange enough without all these pressures. Alan, where are you? Hello. Hey, I'm in Rockland County. I'm glad to uh, be on. Greg, Greg, thank you for your service, military, being on WABC and also Newsmax. You are the voice that's going to be the one to take this to to the limit. Bring the border to the White House because they don't want to stay in Mexico and they don't want to rebuild it. Bring it to Biden. Bring tell all I tried uh, Governor Abbott and Adams. I tried other people to send messages to them. If you would get the buses and bring them to the White House, make President Biden the ambassador of of the border. No, it's a good idea, but you know it's already been done. Uh, you, number one, you can't drive a bus in front of the White House. You can't. Pennsylvania Avenue is closed. Oh, by the way, did you hear the guy who tried to ram that with the rider truck? Uh, I took one look at him. He's not a white supremacist. I don't think he can be. He seems to be, well, he's not white, but uh, they're already saying he's a neo-Nazi, this, that, and the other thing, uh, which is horrendous neo-Nazism, of course, but to say that, I don't believe it. Anyway, yeah, you know they've been bringing these buses to Capitol Hill. Uh, that happened sometime. Remember they brought the bus to Kamala Harris's house? So it's already, it's already, it's already been done, and uh, they're doing some of that. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're already doing it, Alan. Um, and thank you. It's a good idea. It should be reemphasized. Terry in the East Village. Hello, Terry. Hi. Hi. I'm the one that argues with all the people in black, the Lycra rioters. Um, who do you argue with and why? Well, the Antifa, Black Lives Matter. I would just stay the hell away from them, to be honest. I don't know if I'd get into any uh, conversations with Antifa. Everybody who's moving in because their parents can afford to supplement their income. All right. Well, you want to be, I don't want you to get punched in the face or stabbed. So be careful. And you got to be careful making assumptions about, you know, who paid for what. Uh, you know, you never know. You never know what the hell's going on in somebody's wallet or whatever. But, uh, anyway, I like that you're mixing it up, but be, please be careful. Uh, so what's, uh, what do you, what can I do for you? Point being that uh, DeSantis is destroying the last chance to save America. He's the second stringer. He hasn't the strength of character that's necessary. He's inherited a state that is conservative, and he's blown his own horn. And nobody who loves America really trusts him because he betrayed Trump. All right. Well, wait, 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 wait. I'm not a DeSantis guy either, all right? Uh, but I think you're being a little bit harsh on him. I mean, you can run for president. You're allowed to run for president. 
uh, primaries tend to be competitive. Um, you know, Trump has his detractors out there. I'm not one of them. I do think it would be better served focusing on the general election, shoring up everything, making sure that we're ready to ballot, harvest where it's legal to do so, you know, getting all those systems, keeping an eye on it. But I can't say he, you know, if anybody, lo- anybody who loves America can't like Ron DeSantis, I can't stand the guy, but you, that's not true. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Terry, I guess okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as, in, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not intense enough for you. I'm not, I'm sorry, but that's pretty harsh. That's pretty harsh. You know, DeSantis may be, uh, immature and it may be ahead of his time and it may be this, that and the other thing, but, um, Trump's a big boy. He's handling it fine. He's 40 points ahead in some of these polls. Being nice doesn't count. Being, nice doesn't win. Uh, being nice, uh, no, well, being nice doesn't win. All right. Well, getting in people's faces and arguing for the sake of arguing. All right. I just want you to be careful, Terry. Thank you very much. Let's try Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra. Hey, welcome back. Oh, oh welcome back. Hi, Greg. Um, you know, I was thinking today how um, we, the people, are really making progress. We won Newsmax victory, and now AM radio, what is going to have them, they've agreed, you know, and I was thinking about how happy I am for that because I remember when my mother was alive, I would sit there in the morning at 10 o'clock. I would put on Mark Simone. <laughs> and almost when I'm there, I hear my mother on the radio talking to him. It just brought happiness to, to my family and to most people that listen to you and AM radio. So then I wanted to say, now with um, Dan Penny, all the contributions that he's getting, I think that's also showing the other side that we have a voice and we like what he did because if he wins, maybe it's going to prevent other people from pushing that poor woman into the train. So, she got so badly hurt and this other woman pushed down the steps and she's in critical condition. No, I love it. So you have lots of, lots of reasons to be optimistic and happy. And uh, I always think we should. I think you should have lunch with Terry. She's so down in the dumps and looking to fight people. Uh, and you got to be, you got to be, you got to be ready to fight. But I think she's, I don't know. I don't know. I would love, love it if you could, too, could have lunch. Hey, Sandra, a lot of great points. And B, we all remember your mother. Great, great, great lady. You got to have guts. You got to have guts. Daniel Penny has guts. Too many career politicians don't have guts. Listen to Robert Gates. You know who Robert Gates is, uh, Sandra? She, he's the ex-Secretary of Defense. He was Secretary of Defense under George W. Bush and Barack Obama. So this guy knows how to play it politically, all right? This guy is a very smooth operator when it comes to politics, although I see right through him, and I think you will too. He's on the uh, fake news the other day, and listen, what is the number one threat to America right now? It's not our open border. It's not the uh, war on children. It's um, it's this stuff. Listen to this. Cut 31. What do you think the biggest threat to the United States is right now? I think it is the polarization in the country. And, and you know, we've always had polarization in America. But what's been different uh, more recently is not just uh, a measure of paralysis, as indicated by the debt uh, ceiling, but a level of meanness uh, and a lack of civility among our politicians. Meanness. Things are too mean. Going back to Terry's point, you know, I mean, being too much emphasis on nice. What this is, is a rhino Republican establishment guy 
taking a shot indirectly, of course, at Trump, right? Oh, Trump, it, the, only the tone were nicer, right? Oh, it's so mean. That's the number one threat. You know, I could actually say the number one threat is guys like you who refuse to stand up in the moment of truth and speak plainly. Now, Robert Gates had very close uh, associations with Joe Biden for many, many years. He knew more than more than a lot of people how dumb this guy was. All right. Totally dumb. And in 2019, he has the chance to because he wrote a book and he said some nasty things about Joe Biden. He's been wrong on this. He's been wrong on that. He's been wrong on this. He's been wrong on that. But not everybody's going to read the book. They're just not going to read the book. So he goes on television and this is what he says. He knows that uh, he's a threat to national security, Joe Biden. And this is what he says. Uh, cut 32. Would he be an effective commander in chief? I I don't know. I don't know. I I think I stand by that statement. I don't know. I don't know. I stand by what I wrote in the book. People will have to write and read the book. I don't know. I don't know. No guts. And now the number one threat, the number one threat, uh, they were pushing this. Remember, hey, the next thing he'll be saying is the number one threat to America is white supremacy. That's where this nonsense comes from, right? I mean, this kind of, that's spin. That's spin for the establishment, for Democrats, for rhinos. Thank goodness we got people like Daniel Penny who don't sit there on in the subway Weighing the pros and cons of, uh, well, if I act, maybe I, maybe somebody would criticize me. And if I don't act, maybe I'm, he just did it. He just saved lives. Yeah, this is Tom Kniff, Daniel Penny's lawyer, cut 14. Danny is a, you know, a, a rock solid guy, uh, who was put into a, a situation that, uh, unfortunately is all too, common um, on on the streets and the subway systems in New York City these days, um, you know, but but did what he thought was the right thing to do. So, you know, it's not a situation where we're worried that, oh, he's going to say the wrong thing or put his foot in his mouth because, you know, he, he stands by, uh, you know, all the actions he, he took that, that afternoon, obviously, you know, uh, re- regrets that, uh, uh, that, that, the, the, the tragic ending, uh, you know, as we anyone would regret the loss of, of uh, human life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, that that's not something he intended. Uh, it's not something he caused. Um, so, you know, we, we thought that it was appropriate to, you know, have that message out. Well, um, all right. He's good. He's talking to the New York Post over the weekend. Uh, and we wish him all the luck in the world. He's going to need some. I mean, he's going up against a... A New York grand jury, and you know what they say about grand juries, they can, uh, if the prosecutor wants it, they can indict a tuna sandwich, right? A tuna sandwich, a ham sandwich, something like that. And, um, hey, this is the most pompous guy in the world. So you know, we all know that the Russia uh, stuff was all a hoax, right? There was no collusion between the campaign, the Trump campaign in 2016 and Russia. Uh, we've known this for years. We were uh, reminded once again in mealy mouth fashion uh, by the Durham report. But listen to the Pulitzer Prize people. They are so unbelievably pompous. Listen to, this is when they gave the award to the New York Times and the Washington Post for reporting what we now know is fake news. I knew it then, but now, without a doubt, this is total and complete fake news, and they got a trophy for it, a very prestigious trophy. The Pulitzer Prize, cut 36, please. 
The citation for the Pulitzer Prize in Journalism for National Reporting for a distinguished example of reporting on national affairs awarded to staffs of the New York Times and the Washington Post for deeply sourced, relentlessly reported coverage in the public interest that dramatically furthered the nation's understanding of Russia interference in the 2016 election and its connections to the Trump campaign, the president-elect's transition team, and his eventual administration. Congratulations to the New York Times and the Washington Post. Wow. You get an award for that stuff. Deeply sourced. The FBI was lying to you. Russian interference. There was none. Connections to the transition. Well, what about Paul Manafort? He shared a poll. That's not what anyone actually alleged, all right, that the Russians were working with the Trump campaign, actively working with the Trump campaign to influence the election. It is such a lie. Hillary Clinton was actually doing that. Was that guy pompous or what? Reporters are that, what do they call it, the fourth estate? Listen to this lady from the same committee up there at Columbia University, cut 35. Most journalists consider the work they do to be a calling, one so important that the founding fathers protected the very existence of the press in the U.S. Constitution. Well, that's just a, that's just like the journalists, the reporters, the media protected it in the Constitution. They say it's the First Amendment. You know, the First Amendment is very important about the press. They act like it's the only freedom mentioned in the First Amendment. What about freedom of speech? What about freedom of religion to choose our own faith? What about uh, freedom to peaceably assemble or to petition the government. Nope. It's all about them. They make it all about them and they were totally and completely wrong. Donald Trump actually said he might just sue uh, the Pulitzer people uh, because that award still is in the possession of the New York Times and the Washington Post. And oh, by the way, they made a lot of money on that stuff. Pulitzer Prize winning author. Uh, that will get you an even bigger book contract the next time. So unfair, uh, but we don't have to worry about it. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I really don't understand why people go fishing and then throw the fish back in the water. Why don't you cook the fish and bring them home? A lot of people just, they fish and they grab the fish and then they... I know there's a whole sport to it, and those people get into what do they call it? Uh, fly fishing, and you would you you design the little uh, floaty bob thing, and it attracts the fish in a certain way. But I'm looking at unbelievable underwater video of fish chasing these bobs. Sometimes they're behind a motorboat. It's really wild to see a, a fish swim like that. And uh, boy, they grab a great big piece of uh, meat floating in front of them, and then boom. Imagine, imagine biting into something that looked good and then a hook punctures the roof of your mouth and you get pulled up into, uh, well, for us, it would be like drowned. We would be pulled underwater. 
What a horrible way to go. But, uh, look, I'm no vegetarian. I mean, I'm just glad I'm, uh, at the top of the food chain. Uh, this is really wild stuff. Those little fishes down there fish. Um, uh, yeah. What do we do with that? Not much, to be honest. Hey, the Surgeon General of the United States is warning about social media and the horrible impact it has on children. And what do they do? How do they make this, uh, known? They put it out in a little, a little statement that is on their Twitter account and avoid social media if you're a kid because it's going to give you all kinds of issues. It promotes everything negative, all right, from body issues to bullying, loneliness, you know, sex addiction, all kinds of horrible things are coming from social media and spending all that time on the phone. Um, but that's it. It's just a warning from the Surgeon General, whoever that is. I think it's Vivek Murthy, actually. And that's it. It seems kind of lame to me. I mean, everybody knows that this stuff is destroying children. And then the Surgeon General comes out with a little warning. You know, it's just as lame as that little warning they put on cigarettes all those years ago, right? We knew it caused cancer and that they put that little warning and it didn't do a damn thing. Why is it that people stop smoking? I mean, there are still some smokers out there. But why did people stop smoking? I think we made it harder and harder to smoke, number one. And you could argue that that wasn't nice, but... Your cigarette smoke impacts on other people. And, ah, it was secondhand smoke. Is the secondhand smoke. That's why we were able to turn off. But you never hear a peep out of this from Joe Biden or, you know, if you were the president of the United States, you didn't, you could do a lot. You have a lot of uh, freedom, actually. You can't just pass any old law you want. You need cooperation there. But you can say just about anything you want. Why doesn't he ever talk about, say, I don't know, um, well, the dangers of social media. Why doesn't he talk about the uh, dangers of drugs? I mean, Hunter, he knows that firsthand. All he does, he, he brags about how proud he is of Hunter. I don't know why he would be proud of that, but he's proud of Hunter. We don't even know if Hunter is clean, quite frankly. Still running around the world. He looks strung out. I'm sorry. I hope he is clean. Why am I taking it out on Hunter I and, and the Biden family? They haven't done the right thing by that little that little granddaughter, that unacknowledged granddaughter. In Arkansas, they don't even want her to have the Biden name. It is Joe Biden's grandchild is unacknowledged. And that is about the lowest thing you can do, especially when you're the president of the United States. Who has more means? Who has more connections? Who has more power? You can't take care of a little girl. I guess it is kind of beyond that he would take care of us, right? He wouldn't even take care of his own flesh and blood. Why would he give a damn about America? This is a bad guy, really bad guy. He doesn't talk about that. He doesn't talk about, you know, the only time I've ever heard him talk about faith is when he brags about how well he knows the Pope. That's it. That's it. Um, it's a real, it's a bust and it's wasted. An amazing opportunity that he has and he doesn't have a damn clue. He only knows how to profit. Like most uh, politicians, Eye to eye, you see what I did last night? I, sh- I showed all these people, all these people running for president, from Larry Yelder to Vivek Ramatswamy to Nikki Haley. I put them up against Vladimir Putin. Can you imagine these guys? Can you imagine? I mean, Ron DeSantis, I'm sorry. What do career politicians know how to do? They know how to ask for money, ask for favors, and ask for votes. That's no skill. Trump has it all. Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, special treat. Number one, 
If you drive a pickup truck from Ford, you're going to be listening to AM radio. Your AM radio is intact. It's safe in large part, maybe entirely because our next guest came to the rescue and our guest. Well, quite frankly, I'm his guest. He is the, he is the host of WABC. He is the owner of WABC and Red Apple Media and a bunch of other amazing entities and properties. John Katzmatidis, how are you? Welcome to your radio station. It's your show. <laughs> Greg, we are family. I go back with your dad and mom for, for a zillion years. So we've always been family. I mean, you took a leave of absence and went to, uh, to war and uh, to save our country, but uh, you're back. <laughs> it's good to be home. It's good and to be it's, home. It's good to have you on every day from one to three on WABC to tell the truth, and and that's what's lacking. I I had a very interesting lunch about how the truth doesn't get out, and uh, it, it was really really interesting. Uh, and I'm wondering, uh, I'm wondering. Look, you, you listen to people. And you wonder, what the heck is going on? Yeah. Well, we knew that a couple of things. AM radio, it was a very stealthy kind of campaign. They were trying to take it out of uh, cars across the board with this. Well, fa- let's, Go ahead. Let's tell people how it started. About a month ago, a Ford made the announcement, no more AM radios. Like, oh, Tesla doesn't have AM radios because electric cars and they're using that excuse. But Ford made the, made the announcement, no more electric cars in 2024 on electric or regular gas cars. Everybody went nuts. I took a page in the New York Post, I'm going to get you a copy of it, and said, what are you doing? I'm a stockholder in Ford. You're the CEO of Ford. And and what are you doing? And look what happened to Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. The stock fell $5 billion. So you talked to him personally? I, I texted him. And uh, did he say, what, did he say, get off my case, or I know what I'm doing, or did no, he, did he, he what did he say? Said his assistant says, he, we're looking into it. We're looking into and it. And the announcement was made uh, today or yesterday. He sent out a tweet that they are rescinding. They're going to, all their cars are going to have AM radios. And I, and I retweeted him, uh, and, you know, and I answered his tweet and I said, thank you for having common sense. What? And uh, uh, that's what it all comes down to is common sense. And when I was in Las Vegas, I met with, with FEMA and I met with the FCC and, and 97% of AM radios, the, 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 the high definition IAM radios, the ones that we have, WABC being one of them, uh, covers the American people. Without AM radios, guess what we have? What? The AM uh, American people don't know what the heck is going on in case of emergency. Well, and also, I mean, let's face it, I think the real uh, target here was conservative talk radio. Uh, conservatives dominate uh, AM radio. I mean, liberals kind of t- dominate yeah. everything else. The Colorado Sun did a story this morning attacking, uh, they called, get, get rid of AM radio because you're going to get rid of the talk radio. I said, what is that about? Crazy. I mean, you know, look, AM radio... We can have anything you want on it. You can have uh, we we have uh, some uh, liberal uh, people on AM radio. We we have Anthony Weiner. We uh, Melissa DeRosa is going to come on. And, and look, I believe in getting the truth out. And look, if somebody wants equal rights on uh, on WABC, we give them equal rights. Look what's going on at four o'clock today. 
Oh, that's right. Andrew Cuomo, former governor, is going to be right here with you and Rita. No, and- just Rita. Just, just Rita. Rita. Rita and Andrew Cuomo. And then at 5 o'clock, Andrew Giuliani is going to be coming on. Not Andrew, uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani, give a response, I guess. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, let's face it. Yeah, that's like, that's like Godzilla versus King Kong. I mean, well, actually, no. Look, all right, Andrew Cuomo has been through a lot. Let's face it, right? And he did a lot, but you get to ask him the questions. And there is a format. And you know what, John? It's interesting. You and I, and I think Rudy Giuliani, we're the only ones in the, in the world who were defending him when it came to the allegations of, uh, that he was a sexual predator. Now, there's a lot you can say about Andrew Cuomo. You can't say that because it's wrong. I don't know if you realize this, but you were mentioned in the Times. I was mentioned in the Times. And Rudy Giuliani, it's funny. All of his liberal friends abandoned him, but we played, we just called it like we saw it. I don't know what happened in the New York Times. It used to be a very great newspaper. It was a historical paper. And, and, and as management changed in the last 10 years, 15 years, it, it, it went away, you know, the news and went more opinions. And, you know, you buy the New York Times on the front page, you should have the news. You want the opinion, have an opinion page. Mm. Or you'd have a feature about, uh, I don't know, uh, trans Finnish women, uh, who want to start a yoga cruise ship. I mean, like just really Crap bizarre like stuff. Gary, uh, Greg, Gary, Greg, <laughs> things like that happening. Why can't, why does a, mo- fa- a, a mother of two young kids, a five year old and six year old want to uh, convert them to transgenders? What right does that mother have to take what does a five-year-old know? They don't know anything. You know, it's amazing that you're here and that you exist, John. I mean, it's funny. There, people like you are, and I'm, I'm not trying to flatter the boss. I know that's what you're thinking. But, John, you're committed to the truth. And there are a few other people of your stature. I mean, Elon Musk and a handful of others where so many others, rich, powerful people, are on the other side. And they don't want free speech. They don't want the truth. What makes you different from those guys? Well, right now, I, I just, I worry about our uh, country. Uh, 2026 is the 250th year of our country. 2076 is our 300th year. You know something? I mean, you were a Marine. Mm. Your father was a Marine. I worry about us getting to the 300th year. Yeah, that seems like it's really up in the air right now. I mean, maybe even the 250th year. You know, I don't know if you know Gordon Chang. He calls into your show quite a bit. You have him on. Yes. This guy is worrying. This guy says war may have already started, which. Well, there's a war going on now, but it's not without, with bullets right now. It's a world war three for econ, economy. Mm-hmm. Don't forget when, when President Biden got elected, our oil went from $55 a, a, a barrel to $125, $130 a barrel. You know what that means? A trillion dollars of value from North America got moved over to Russia and Saudi Arabia and the OPEC nations. You know what Russia did with it? Hmm. They used the money to hire the Wagner Group to go and attack the Ukraine. That that same money. Same money. You know, the incremental amount of money. Russia was broke when oil was $55 a barrel. Russia was broke. So, At a hundred dollars a barrel, 
We're in the money. We're in the money. <laughs> this is why, look, you meet politicians all the time. And I know that a lot of these politicians, they come to you for money. They went to Donald Trump for money. They want support. And I, this occurred to me yesterday. They don't have much in the way. I don't, I don't want to name names. And there are some good politicians out there. But they basically it comes out of three things. They, they, they ask for money. They do favors. And they ask for votes. And I don't think that those are the skills you need to go up against Putin. Is that a fair assessment? Right now, what happened is, so the American people know, if President Trump, and I don't agree with President Trump on everything, but if President Trump was president, Putin didn't have, did not have the testicles to go into the Ukraine. He saw what happened in Afghanistan, where we walked away, left $85 billion worth of equipment there, and walked away carrying a running towards the airplane to jump on the airplane and get away. Now, he says, I'm going to take back my land in the Ukraine. And you know what China's doing right now? They're waiting to see what's going to happen with Putin and and the Ukraine before they make a decision of if they're going into Taiwan. You know, at this point, Taiwan, I'm worried about America. I'm worried about America. I mean, I know it's very important, but Gordon Chang is talking about these infiltrators are coming to America, military-aged men from China coming up through the southern border to wreak havoc here in America. There is an attack on America. The borders are open. The fentanyl, which comes from China, goes to the China, to, to the gang, uh, the gangs in Mexico. And in the last 12 months, 107,000 people died, American people, from the fentanyl that the, the Chinese were feeding to the Mexicans and the Mexicans were delivering, the gangs. Now, what does 107,000 mean? Well, total amount, total, Vietnam, Afghanistan, and, and Korea, only 107,000 people died. Well... So what does that mean? We're under attack, and nobody's doing anything about it. Nobody's doing anything about it. There's a complacency. Sometimes, do you ever feel frustrated? What What can people do? What should people do? People ask me. Yeah, you know, I say write letters. Sometimes I say I feel sometimes inadequate to the to the task in front of us. We can talk about the truth. We hope people will vote the right way. What do we do? What do we do? Is make sure the election wise. Election wise. We vote the right way for common sense. Look, we have Venezuela. Venezuela was the richest country in South America. In 20 years, it went from the richest country in South America to being another Cuba. Hmm. They're all broke. They all left. And you know what Venezuela did? They emptied out their jails and sent them to us. <laughs> it is a nightmare, but somehow I am optimistic, especially when I sit with you and I look at your new book, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire. Uh, this is great. This if People read this, they can become a billionaire if they follow these steps. And if you read it twice, you become make two billion. <laughs> All right. Do me a favor. Let's talk about the book right after the break. Can you, you got a little bit more time? I got another five minutes. Go ahead. All right, all right. Oh, five minutes. All right, let's get rid of this break real quick, and then we'll do the book. All right, thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The book by John Katsimatidis, How Far Do You Want to Go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire by John Katsimatidis. A genuine billionaire. Hey, do you remember the moment you became a billionaire? 
Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. In the Forbes 400 list, in 1986, 87, 86, I remember because Carl Icahn was a good friend. Uh, uh, he was like, we were both on the near miss list. The near miss list is, well, you're almost, you almost made it and maybe you'll make it next year. <laughs> and I think I was, uh, they rated me at about 400 million at that time. And I think Carl Icahn maybe hit 500 million. And the, the good news is we're both alive. Now I'm going to tell you something. Somebody, somebody, uh, my friend Neil texts me. He says, you know, Carl Icahn's net worth went down from, from, uh, 24 billion down to 10. My God, he must be dying. I said, I said to him, Carl is 86 years old and still has his mind. Sam Zell, our mutual friend, is 81 years old and dead. I'd rather be called Icon. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, 10 billion, that's a pretty nice cushion. All right. So look, um, how far do you want to go? This book is, I, I would imagine, for everybody, right? Yeah. It, it, it tells you that common sense decisions in life, uh, will make you success because you, when you go through life, you have to zig and zag and so many times. You have to decide if you're going to take the left road or the right road or the extra, which zig and which zag you're going to do. And page 255 of the book, it also has 16 uh, lessons on how to succeed. So it pays just to buy the book to look at those uh, page 255. So. And you know who, you know who's buying the books? Who? Grandfathers, grandmothers, fathers, uh, uh, mothers. And you know what they're doing? They're giving it to their kids and grandkids. You know why? They want their kids. They'll be a success. The other thing I said the other day is if the kid thinks he's going to stay, go to work three days a week and stay home the other two, he's a failure. Forget about it. He fails. Are you ever tempted to retire? I mean, a lot of people retire. Think, yeah. You know who my hero is? Who? My hero is Hank Greenberg. Used to own AIG. Now, uh, I forget the name of his current company, but he's 97 or 98 years old. And I had lunch with him, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you know what I, what I see? He's 97, 98. He still goes to the office three or four days a week. So for those who think that if they, oh, if I get, if I get a million dollars or two million dollars or five million dollars, I'm going to, then I'll be on easy street. Or if I win the lottery. You go to Florida and die. You go, right? If you lose. You, is that what happens? Yeah, you, 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 there's no, if there's no purpose in living, you know, you want to get up in the morning and you want to have a purpose to live, uh, a, pur- a purpose to succeed. Uh, so, you know, that it's, to me, it's zero. It's nothing about money. I'm having fun. I bought WABC. You know why I bought WABC? Because I want to get the truth out, that I wanted to accomplish something. You know, you know how we end our show every day at five o'clock or six o'clock with Rita and and our gang, truth, justice, and the American way, and you know that's what Superman stood for. We're joking around a little bit, and I also say reporting from the Daily Planet building. <laughs> so I love to joke a little bit, but it's the truth. That's why I'm doing it. Ninety-two percent of the American people believe Walter Cronkite. You know what they believe now? They believe nobody. Well, just, uh, well, some exceptions. I mean, uh, hey, you know, yeah, hey, we beat about, no, we right. beat CNN on uh, on Friday night. The Greg Kelly show over there on Newsmax. No, well, don't say that word. 
Uh-oh. That word is not, doesn't exist at WABC. <laughs> oh, you guys, <laughs> the bosses. I love you guys. Uh, all right, so look. And, and, you know, buy the book at Amazon or buy the book uh, on Barnes & Noble and uh, give it to your kids as a, as a present. Uh, how far do you want to go? Lessons from a common sense billionaire. I, uh, in two, page 255 has all those, the, what, what would you call them? The, the, the secrets? Yes, uh, the, uh, the 16 secrets of how to become a little bit successful. And you know what number one is? Tell uh, me. If you don't have the courage to win, you're going to lose. If you don't have the courage to win, you're going to lose. Like yeah. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And well, you've done it, John. You continue to do it. By the way, AM radio exists. Will it continue to exist because of John Katzmatidis? We thank you so much. Thank you, Greg, and keep up the good work and keep look, your father worked very hard in life. He accomplished a lot for our country. Now it's your turn. I'm working my ass off and I love it. And uh thank you for the opportunity. And uh we'll be right back. Thank you, John. Be right back. God bless. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's all in here in John Katzmatidis' book, The Way Up, The Way to the Top, Life at the Top, and how you and me, uh, what we can do to uh, to get, well, close to get, if you want to, how far do you want to go? How far do you want to go? And... Um, it's, that's, called, that's what it's called. How far do you want to go? Lessons from a Common Sense Billionaire by John Katsimatidis. Thank you very much. And, uh, well, another billionaire has got to be there when Ron DeSantis is declaring for president tomorrow. It's going to happen tomorrow. Everyone's reporting it right now. Uh, looks like it's happening tomorrow. This has been in the works for a long time. When would it happen? When would it happen? It's happening tomorrow. Ron DeSantis declares. But he's going to do it with Elon Musk. Elon Musk is going to be there. Elon Musk is it's like a joint event somehow. Is he going to introduce Ron DeSantis? Why would he need Elon Musk there? Uh, that's a little bit strange. Is he going to be, is Elon Musk going to be the running mate? Is, is Ron DeSantis going to be the running mate of Elon Musk? Why, why does he need this, uh, this guy who I like a lot? He's eccentric though, Elon Musk. He's a r- eccentric rich guy. I mean, with Trump, you got a billionaire right there, right then and there. He doesn't need another billionaire to give him backing or credibility or I don't know. I think that's a little bit odd. Has that ever been done before? I'm trying to think if that's ever been done before where some like major super duper celebrity is there when someone declares for president. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. The closest thing I can think of is when Clint Eastwood came to the Republican National Convention. Remember that? And they had the conversation with the chair. That was a little bit of a bust. Uh, so it's happening tomorrow. What else? Do we know where? I'm looking at this. It says in the Twitter space, in some sort of what? It's going to be a virtual thing. 
I don't know about that. Ron DeSantis will launch his presidential bid with Elon Musk. The Florida governor will announce he's running for president on Twitter Wednesday evening in a conversation with Musk. So is he treating him like he's a journalist? And that would totally work. I could see that. And so maybe it's not Musk might not be might not be uh, signing up for DeSantis. Is he neutral? I don't know. I don't know. And let's face it, I wish I asked John this. I can ask him. Sometimes billionaires, they they know each other, and there are rivalries that form. And uh, they are known to sometimes play games, even friendly games, and sometimes pretty serious games with each other. I wonder what's going on here. Ron DeSantis, if you were running for president, would you want the richest guy in the world showing up? I mean, isn't it Ron's moment? Isn't it Ron? Ron is supposed to be independent. Hey, this has uh, happened pretty fast for Ron. Ten years ago, did you know who Ron DeSantis was? Five years ago, did you know who Ron DeSantis was? Well, five years ago, I kind of got wind of him uh, because he was copying uh, Donald Trump during the governor's race in 2018, a race that he barely won against Andrew Gillum. Um, Andrew Gillum beat Ron DeSantis in a debate, a head-to-head matchup, mano a mano, and DeSantis lost. He came off like a fidgety, crazy person, sorry, I mean, I'm glad he won. I like him. Uh, I just don't think he's ready yet. And all these other people, you know why so many people are running? Because they don't, it's not that they sense that Trump is vulnerable. They sense that DeSantis is vulnerable, that he's not doing well uh, in running for president because even though he didn't declare, he's actually been running since uh, uh, last year. So he's made some basic mistakes. Uh, he's stepping all over himself. And they think that he's going to crash and burn, and that may happen, and there'll be an opportunity for somebody else here. Or they're running for vice president, or they're running for the cabinet, or they're running for 2028, right? 2028, can you believe that? 2028. It's not, it used to sound like 2028, sounded like it was 50 years from now. Now it's now it's uh, right around the corner. It's going to be here fast. It's really, I don't know. I don't, I think this is a bad move for DeSantis, actually. I... If you look back at his commercials, he bragged about how much his agenda was the Trump agenda. I don't see anything more electable. I don't see the liberals liking Ron DeSantis more than they like Trump. I mean, he is, by definition, less likable. He's not. He's not. I don't know. Am I being too hard on this guy? Uh, let's see. Does anybody have a question about DeSantis? Actually, no one's even calling in about him. He's kind of like a, a lot of people are ho-hum on this guy. Um Mm, let's try, uh, Chris, where are you? Hi, Chris. Hello. Yeah, my, yes. Hey, Greg, how are you? Actually, my, my six-year-old daughter wants to say something. Her name's Justice. Go ahead. Hello. Justice, is that your real name? Yeah. And Uh, she's got a sister named Liberty. Uh, that's unusual. Go ahead, tell, tell him what you want to say. I would like Trump back for a president because he makes the world safer. Oh, Justice, I totally agree. What a beautiful uh, thing to say. Say hi to your sister, Liberty, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. I'll see you later. Let me talk to your uh, whoever that guy was. I don't know the if that's... I'm her dad. Oh, okay. Hey, uh, Chris, you have a pretty traditional name. And you're naming, you know, it's like you're some sort of celebrity naming your kids uh, Justice and, and Liberty. I mean, it's, it's kind of, you got to. Well, Liberty came first. 
She's uh, 11. She's uh, just as sick. All right. It's beautiful. They ever get picked on for those names? I love those names, but let's face nope. it. They, they attract attention, you know? Justice. I, I've never heard Justice as a first name. I guess I've heard of Liberty before. Uh, but anyway, that was a very beautiful, uh, uh, she's such, sounds like such a cutie. Good for you. Uh, yeah, thank you. All right. We, we love Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, same here. All right. Well, uh, best of those girls. And, uh, Chris, you keep doing your thing. What do you do? Uh, I'm a sign guy. What do you mean by that? Uh, storefront signs, awnings, stuff like that. <clears throat> Excellent, excellent. You work. You know, with... when you walk into a place, you see a sign above the store. That's what I do. What, uh, what plastic, vinyl? What are those things made out of? Uh, plastic, uh, metal, aluminum, steel. Uh, LEDs. And you work with a graphic designer. Yes, I do. Um, that's interesting. How long have you been doing that? How did you get into that? It's a very you know specific thing. I had it. I needed a job to leave high school early. I got into the sign business. Well, that's excellent. Uh, I love it. And uh, gosh, installing a sign—you know—I could never do that. I mean, could, I mean, right? I mean, you got to be doing that since high school. You got to know that 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 takes years to master something like that, right? It does. It does. It I could hand you stuff. I could stand on the ladder, ladder and hand you stuff. That I could do, but nothing else. Hey. Thank you for introducing me to Justice. Very sweet girl. And please say hi to Liberty as well. Uh, Jerry wants to say something about New Jersey. Hello. Yeah, hi, Greg. I think that uh, there's two things that they're telling Ron DeSantis, the powers to be that are backing in those rhinos and scum. Uh, scum! Well, <laughs> yeah, well, if, if Trump, they're worse than that, actually. If Trump, <laughs> if Trump goes to jail, then you will be the person. So go along with us. But, you know, he may not go to jail, but... He'll lose probably if we all hurt him enough, and then you will be the candidate when they screw things up so bad, the Democrats, you'll be the candidate. We will back you in 2028 because he's a corporate man. He's a globalist. He's going to play ball with the globalist. Yeah, he so looks, you know what he looks like? like he looks like an employee. Ron DeSantis strikes me as an employee. I don't see a boss. I see the go-between between us and his bosses. That's kind of how I feel, and I think your analysis is uh, – there's a lot to that, right? And say it again. We're going to hurt him so much. How did you put it? We're going to hurt him so much that the Democrats could win, and they'll screw it up so bad that you will probably be able to win in 2028, and we'll back you then. But help us screw Trump up now. And he looks like the employee. At, he looks like a manager at Target. And that's not a, a knock against manager at Target, but they shouldn't be running the top country in the world. Trump's got it all over this kid. He's a kid. Yeah. A kid. I don't want to hear about this guy anymore. He's making me disgusted for what he's doing. He's going to be lucky if Trump people vote for him in 2028. Well, hold on a second. All right. Hold on. I mean, look, I do say this. Uh, it's a free country. He's the governor of a very populous state. And, you know, you can go for it in politics. And Trump, let's face it, he's a bit controversial. He's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, we like him. I love him. I love the policy. I love the style. Not everybody feels the way we do. So, you know, I can't say that this is anti-American or this is, you know, I can't, I don't, I, you know, this is America. Nobody hands you anything. You got to fight for everything. And oh, by the way, a primary could make Trump stronger. He's probably, he was a, you know what I mean? That, that, that's kind of accepted as a truism in politics, a tough primary season. If you come out on top, it makes you more potent, stronger for the general election. So keep that in mind, all right? I mean, I like giving DeSantis a hard time, but, you know, I'm not, 
He could be 2028 someday. All right, Jerry. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah I guess. All That'd right. Be better right. than nothing. All right. All right. See you later. Let's do one more. Hugo in Hempstead. Uh, Hugo, what's up? Hey, Greg. I'm going to hit you rapid fire. Wait First a while. Well, that's not too fast. Go ahead. one at a time. We we have as American Marine Brothers, we have to back up the penny. He had a choice to make a difference for the better. I made a difference for the better. A week before this happened, on the M15 bus, just short of the VA hospital, that Biden and Harris attempted to close, also attempted to close the Brooklyn VA. Long story short, a guy was banging on them, trying to get the driver, trying to force the door open, threatening to kill her. I told it. I voiced it out of my wheelchair. I called the millennials in the back of the bus, 13 of them, call cops, 911. Long story short, hoisted out of the wheelchair with my 111-pound dog, had the cane inside the door in case he came in, yelled, you're not getting in, get lost. He started taking his clothes off. This is high noon on a Friday. Long story short, I told the driver who was a rookie, hit the horn and keep it on. And then two cops came, and he swung at them. They took him away. I said to the cops through the windshield, if the judge can't hold him on bail, have him held psychiatric, valuation 72 hours. Since Penny, I don't know if I would do that again, Greg. I live the words of Christ every day in Matthew. When I was hungry, he gave it to eat. The dog and I go. I'm in the wheelchair. He pulls me in the wheelchair. We go to food bank to get food to American veterans, shut-ins, and the homeless. And I don't know if I would do that again. Well, why not? Line, oh, wait, hold on a second. I mean, uh, uh, first of all, sounds like a great job. That was pretty rapid. Uh, did the guy, the nut job, ever get on the bus? It sounds like he was off the bus the whole time. He was for, attempting to force the front door open and starting to get his fingers in the door where the two uh, rubber strips meet. And let me tell you something. A 13-year-old, a 13-year-old young man shot in the head, died last night while he and his friends were playing in the playground in front of the Stapleton houses on Staten Island. Where was the mayor? Where was the borough president? Where was the governor? Where was Archbishop Cardinal Dolan? They weren't there. Oh, well, I mean, I'm my whole, right, hold on a second. I mean, uh, I don't know if he runs to the scene every time a 13 year old sh- is shot. I mean, there are hundreds of shootings. Uh, there are what 400, 500 that's on the way up murders. You know, the cardinal is not supposed to go to every single scene. All right. I want to leave him out of this. Uh, yeah, things are kind of crazy right now, but you got to do the right thing. Okay. All right. Do the right thing. And you got your trusty dog there, you know, working together and, uh, always do the right thing and let the chips fall where they may. And everything's going to be, everything will be fine. God will protect you. I do believe, I do believe that Hugo. Um, that's quite a dog, by the way. Did you say 110 pounds? 111 pounds, 50% half American blue nose. And 50% Italian Mastiff. I raised him. He was 13 pounds when I found him in the streets of New York. I raised him. I brought him to good health. And I trained him. And he was in the in battle zones with me. He had my back. I have his. He's a gift from God. He's a canine from Christ. What battle zones? I don't want to wreck his- What battle zones? Battle zones. Afghanistan, Iraq. The, wait, you found this dog in the streets of uh, New York and you brought him to Iraq and Afghanistan? So they couldn't, so that way he was my property, and the government couldn't euthanize him if we evacuated. All right. Well, listen, uh, Hugo, uh, sounds like uh, you did a great job on the bus. Don't get discouraged. 
and let's give Cardinal Dolan a break, okay? I appreciate it, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the 14th Amendment won't deal with the problem of uh, debt ceiling stuff. All this debt ceiling stuff. I think they're going to get it worked out. I don't want the 87,000 uh, IRS agents. Nobody does. Unbelievable how Chuck Todd just was so blithe about that with uh, Donald's. Byron Donald's, no problem, no problem. We should have uh, 87,000 IRS agents snooping around, causing trouble, right? Of course we should. Where was that, please? Did I... um, no, I don't like it at all. Here he is. This is great. This is a great exchange. Cut 44, please. Cut 44 from the Meet the Press show. Congressman Byron Donalds. I have never understood the resistance of extra IRS agents uh, unless you knowingly cheat on your taxes. Of that, first of all, that's, that's salacious, and you know that. Most Americans, by far, pay their taxes, and they do it. What House Republicans and, frankly, the Republican Party is concerned about is having IRS agents go after middle-class families and small business owners. When you have that many more agents, it's not to go after the rich. It's to go after the middle again, class. That's again, what it's if, for. So if you're, if you're paying what you're supposed to pay, then you should have nothing to fear. You would make the assumption that IRS audits are up. That they're they're mm-hmm. putting out more liens on the American people. That's not true. That data is not there. All Joe Biden's trying to do is find every possible nickel out of every couch from every American mm-hmm. to pay for his radical spending. All right, Chuck Todd saying, "Oh, if you if you pay your taxes, you have no problem with an IRS agent or eighty seven thousand of them snooping around. Everybody, you do your taxes. You're an honest guy. Remember when Ralph Cramden? Remember when they called him down to the IRS? He lost two nights sleep over that." All right. He's a good although he did not realize that the horse, the clock in its stomach or the clock with the horse in its stomach needed to be declared as income. He didn't know that it was a genuine mistake. James Flippin. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I ran by you and I overheard uh, people pushing each other again into the subway trains. What's what's going on? Yeah, this was on Sunday morning. A 39 year old guy who's from Queens is now under arrest and he's accused of just kind of. The weird thing was I read yesterday the guy was like standing on the platform for 15 minutes maybe or something like that, just kind of drinking a cup of coffee, not, you know, unassuming, just kind of standing there. And then all of a sudden he approaches this woman who had just gotten off a train, shoves her from behind, face first. She goes right into a moving E-train, fractures her spine, all kinds of cuts on her face, says she can't move her arms. Now she's in kind of, you know, surgery, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, they, they arrested the guy today. They so. found him. Well, that's good. Um, that's great, actually. They got the guy. Is she going to be okay? Still can't move her arms? You know, I, I have heard that, you know, again, you talk about a fractured spine. There's some mobility issues there. Oh. So I'm sure we're talking, you know, at the very least, extensive rehab and Damn. all that kind of stuff. Any other bad news? All, all kinds. How much time do you have? I mean, <laughs> What's the what's the hot what's the hot thing locally today? Well, let's see. In the migrant situation, it looks like. Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, is going to be using three SUNY campuses to try to house migrants. They're really doing that? That's according to Spectrum News, New York One. These people are so, I mean, they, they know nothing, and they're giving into all this crap. 
And I heard she's talking about work permits. We want to get them working right yes. away. We want to get them the hell out of New York, quite frankly. That These was are non-citizens. Non-citizens. Sorry. But, well, but Governor, Governor Hochul says there's a lot of farms upstate that need these people, Greg. You know what? Uh, I'm sorry. We were doing fine before they got here, all right? And this is wrong. They're unvetted. We don't know who they are. They got all kinds of diseases. Their agenda is not our agenda. I don't trust them. I'm sorry. You come here legally. You promise to uphold our values. You apply. You don't break the law. And this scam, this asylum scam, so many of them are pulling this. And we, we are, we're suckers. We're suckers. And that, you ever notice how bulgy her eyeballs are, by the way, Hokel? She's right. I, yeah, I have noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> just like she, everything is, she's shocked by everything, no matter what it is. She's yeah, I thought like, maybe so, it was just like earnest curiosity. No, 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 no. It's like, oh, I can't believe I'm the governor. That's the, that's what that looks like, right? And I have some local news out of Long Island. What? The Nassau Coliseum is going to be turned into a casino, apparently. A Sands casino. Yeah, I don't like that either. I, as speaking as somebody who's lost a lot of money at casinos, <laughs> I really don't think it's a good thing. I really think it's a terrible thing. Are they really, is it going to be video slots or is it going to be the whole nine yards? That's a good question. I'm not sure if they're going to have like craps and poker there and stuff like that. You know, wherever these damn casinos go, uh, it ruins lives. All right. What about all the jobs? I'm sorry. I don't want anybody wearing a bow tie standing at a table. That's, you know what I mean? There are other things to do yeah. other than that. It hasn't gone well for ASA. I'll say that much. Uh, Atlanta yeah. City. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think gambling is, uh, you know, it's, all right. Did I ever tell you the story? I was once up $30,000. Yeah. What were you playing? Uh, blackjack. Oh, yeah. At a little casino in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Mm. And I said, I'll stop at 50. As soon as I get to 50, you know what I went down to? Negative 1,000. Mm-hmm. Negative 1,000. Mm-hmm. I was in therapy for about six months after that. Yeah, those, I was really screwed up. Those were some ugly shoes, oh, I'm sure. gosh. And then another time, I, I was in Vegas gambling till like, you know, 7 the next morning. I'm not, I didn't have that kind of money to, to be screwing around like that. Yeah. So then I said, okay, no more gambling. I will just drink and chase girls at the <laughs> casino. Like as if that was a, a great improvement anyway. Well, fortunately I left all that garbage behind and I, I want to do whatever I have to do to stop the casino from going to Nassau County. I think that's bad. Get Bruce Blakeman on the phone, please. All right. I'll take that up right after the show. James Slippin, thank you. And thank you, guys. I will see you tonight on the Newsmax show at 10 o'clock. Final words of advice for Ron DeSantis. Don't do it. There's still time. Forget about it. It's not a good move. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.